The Bird Show. I got an interesting DM from a Bird Show listener trying to give me a different perspective on my attitude on the video that we played yesterday of the 22, 23-year-old in New York City that was really stressed out and crying on TikTok because this is her like first nine-to-five job in New York City and... Nothing seems to be falling into place for her. She's totally stressed out by this new job. She's having a tough time getting on the train. She doesn't have any time for any extracurricular or any fun. Um, And she just really feels like her life is falling apart right now, right? So we listened to that video yesterday. And then I think we got into like this healthy debate because Cassie has a very different attitude um, about that video than I did. Uh, I'm a big fan of grit and paying your dues. And Cassie's like, hold on a second. I just, for me, like looking back at it, companies generally don't work that way. It used to be you you paid your dues because you would invest in the company and they'd invest in you back. And that loyalty for most companies, I think, Bert, honestly, the way you run your business is very different from mega corporations. It isn't there anymore. You're supposed to switch jobs. And I think there's a realization that why am I pouring all my time into working for this company where I have no life of my own? And I'm not saying don't work. And I'm not saying don't give 100% when you work. Like, let me be very clear. If you get paid to do a job, you do it and you do it well. But why am I giving my entire life to this company that does not give a crap about me? Mm-hmm. Is going to lay me off whenever they want. And I have no life and I'm just making money for somebody else. And so it's a reinvestment in what do I want out of my life? And my job is what funds my life. Yeah, and I can feel that. And I do, I hate big business. And you know this. We, I mean, we all work together on a couple of different projects. Cassie is part of Pioneer Network and she's also part of the Burt Show. Um, I hate big business because of that. How, like, I hate running a business as though you're a number or I hate big businesses that do that. We have a very tight family here. Take a day off. Something's going on in your life. You do what you got to do. I understand that work doesn't have to be first all the time. But I also know that I have hired people that respect that, that they work so hard that it's, I never have to say work harder. (laughs) You guys work harder than I am. (laughs) And they don't take advantage of the system. Right. Uh So this is the DM I got. And believe it or not, I do listen uh, to you guys in DMs. And when you give me something to really chew on, I like chewing on it. So here you go. Uh, Listening to your break today about the young woman on TikTok who just started working and realized it sucks. She says to me, you seem to have a deep obsession with paying your dues and grit. I'm a hardworking person who also values independence. However, um, you seem to value hard work and grit more than you value happiness. When these kinds of conversations come up and it seems like there's no room for change in our society for you, paying people for internships, working less hours, taking easier paths always seems to turn you off. I do think you have to learn some lessons through experience, but I don't think you have to sacrifice capital letters years of your life in misery to do so. Can't there be a balance without implying these people weak for thinking our societal norms are trash? She says, I don't know, just a thought. I guess what I mean is that you don't have to suffer to be happy and or successful. All right. So what do you guys think about that? I think there's something to be said because I know that you worked very hard to get to where you are today. When you, <clears throat> I'm sorry, my voice is given out today. I know that when you work hard and you had to put in years and years, years of grit, sometimes when you see other people have a little bit of an easier time or get cut a little bit more slack, sometimes it can really rub you the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And I can relate to that because I do feel like I've put in the work, but I can understand from, I can understand that you want people to experience the same kind of pain for the same kind of success. So I feel Mm. like maybe that's 
why you tend to grab onto the grid a little bit? I think that says a lot, too, about how people responded to the whole idea of people's student loans getting paid off. And mm. those people who had to pay their student loans was like, no, make them pay. I'm like, why wouldn't you want somebody like, yeah, it would have been nice if they would have done it for us, but they didn't. Why not try to help out a future generation mm. when we have mad inflation right now and like, you know, very different now than it was when we went to school. So why would you oppose somebody getting their student loans paid off to help give them a leg up? It, it shouldn't take away from you um, what somebody else is able to get. And for me, it's I think when we look at somebody not having grit or wanting that softer lifestyle, it seems like an opposite, right? So you either have drive and you have the grit or you're basically just going to phone it in. And I think it's in the middle, right? Like it's you don't have to have the grit and rake yourself over the coals, but you can still do a good job and show up 100 percent. And honestly, it's conversations like this that change what the label we have an eight hour workday mm -hmm. because of the workers during people attribute it to Henry Ford. It's because of the workers pushing back. And that's where they came up with the 888 structure. So it's movements like this that sort of craft the workday and help people evolve into a happier version of themselves. I think it's kind of like a perspective and attitude thing, because I do agree with what she said at the end that you don't necessarily have to struggle to be successful. But I do believe that you have to struggle to live. So either way, you're going to struggle. Huh. You're going to have hardships. You're going to have hard times, whether you're successful or you're not successful. That's just the way it goes. And everybody's race is different. Some people are going to have to work harder. Some people are not going to have to work so hard. But either way, you're going to go through things and how you see it is going to determine like exactly what you do with the things that you have to go through. That's he what I think. Here's where I disagree with this, you guys. And I... And I'm going to piggyback on something you just said. You don't have to struggle to be successful. I think you do. I really think that you do. Now, it depends on what you want at the end of the day. If you don't want to be, make a whole bunch of money and you want an easier lifestyle, then you don't have to struggle as much. But it depends on where you want to go. You cannot be what your definition of success there is. There it is. All right. It's there what it your definition of success is. My definition of success looks what it is right now. And I had to bust my ass to get there. So all I'm saying is like, if you want a high level of success, um, like a Gary V or somebody that you might see online, you have to bust your butt. And if you don't get it, you can't blame that on the system. All right. You have to, you can't complain that things are expensive. You can't complain that you're working uh, day and night um, based on where you want to be, what the end goal is. Do you know what I'm trying to say? No, that's, you summed it up by saying what your definition of success mm -hmm, is. Right. And I think that determines as far as whether, what your struggle is going to be. I don't think you're not a, success, a successful person if you're making $40,000 a year and you got a couple of kids and you are happy. That to me is the only definition of success is happiness. Mm -hmm. This is my definition of success. And so I had to work harder and pay dues and really bust some ass to get here. Um but if your definition is different than that, that there is nothing wrong with that. That's the only definition of success. No, I, I completely agree with you. And like for me, my perspective, I think I do both. I, I think I bust my ass to work hard to get what I want. And in the end, I complain that I had to work so damn hard to get. <laughs> Sometimes you do both. All right, I think we've all been here before, right? When you're dating, you just start to think like, 
my radar's off. My gut is just, it's just not working anymore. So how do you even get that back if you lose that? Um, you can always hit us up at thebirdshow.com if you got questions or you're going through something. Hey, I've recently fallen in love again after suffering a pretty severe heartbreak in my mid-20s. My fiance left me just a few weeks before the wedding. Took me years to unravel all the trauma and heartbreak. He really did a number on me and my self-esteem. I've come a long way, and I've decided to open my heart to another man. My ex-fiance was my first real love, and so much of the relationship I saw through rose-colored glasses. Now, looking back, I can see now how destructive he was and how many warning signs there were for me to leave. I'm worried that I'm a harsher and more prone to feel like this is a red flag. And if this is a red flag, let's break up right now than I ever was before. I guess what I'm asking is this. How does one tell if something is an actual issue or if something is a reaction to past trauma? People say, trust your gut. But how can you tell if your gut is trustworthy? Fascinating question. I can already tell I'm treating this relationship way differently than I did with my ex. I'm extremely guarded and I'm on edge. What I've noticed the most is I'm consistently second-guessing myself. I feel like I can't trust my gut anymore because it failed me miserably before. Anybody? That's called baggage. (laughs) And we all have it. All of us. And we all carry it differently. Um. Gosh, as far as like how you are able to trust your gut again, I would say it's not always your gut that was wrong. It's just that the person you were with was a master manipulator. And it's not a reflection of your gut. It's a, it's more a reflection of who he was as a person. Mm. In order to um, maintain some kind of self-esteem and s- s- some kind of... Um, trust in your gut. Uh, I have a dear friend who divorced a couple years ago and it's been such a nasty divorce and he ended up being such an incredibly nasty person. And she was like, how did I not see this before? Mm-hmm. Like, was he like this the entire relationship? And they were together 11 years. And I'm like, girl, the woman you married is not the man he is today. Like he had us all fooled. He's got a lot of issues, that's for sure. He just hid them really, really well. I'm really interested to hear what you guys think. So I think you've got to ask the people in your life what their opinion is. Uh, A lot of my friends that complain about how they always end up with the wrong type of person are usually ignoring the voices in their life, like their friends, that this person isn't right for you or this person is manipulating you because they don't have those rose-colored glasses on because all red flags look like flags when you're wearing rose-colored glasses. Mm -hmm. So ask the people in your life, what's their opinion on this? What's their take on this? And they may sit you down and go, girl, like you are, you are really overreacting mm-hmm. here. Or they may say, you know, we've noticed this about, um, about him, about your partner. And it's, it's just not, uh, it's just not the best relationship for you. So ask the people in your life to be able to give you more perspective. That's a great answer. That is a great answer. I, um, this is tough for me cause I, I still struggle with it. So I don't really know how to help. Um, I think, I've carried trust issues with me from after my first relationship and so on. And I don't think I've ever truly been able to get rid of them. I, I think even in being alone for so long, it kind of gets worse because you do tend to feel like you should run at the first sign of anything going bad. But I have learned that 
typically, if you give things time and you do trust the people around you and you do trust your instincts, someone will show you who they are. And it really is up to you to believe it when you see it. And if you do not see it, then that means you have nothing to worry about. But usually it's there. You're just ignoring it. Dang. I'm, I'm bummed on the last one to go here because I think you guys covered it. Uh, I want to piggyback on what Abby said is that. I agree with that. Like, the signs are there, and your friends are usually pretty good at telling you about it. When I have found myself in bad relationships, my gut was always right. Just my voice of optimism drowned out my gut. And in looking back, I'm just like, I knew all along. What a waste of time. So I think you really have to ask yourself, did you not see the signs? Like Abby said, did you not see the signs or did you just choose to ignore them? And a lot of people choose to ignore them. Sure. They'd rather be with somebody than not. True. The Burt Show. All right. So the email here is that after she turned down the boyfriend's proposal, he just went on and proposed to her best friend. Uh, I don't think she's overreacting, but let's hear the email. <laughs> Dear Burt Show, you may call me... Karis, I live in Africa and I watch your show on Facebook. That's so cool. You guys are <laughs> awesome and I appreciate your work. I would like to know if I'm the a-hole in this story. Last year, I rekindled a friendship with my first boyfriend. Let's call him Martin, who at the time was living in another country, 17 hours by air from where I stay. My best friend, let's call her Judy, had gone also to the same country. So I linked them up asking him to help her in March of 2022. Initially, she calls and tells me how and what they did. All of a sudden, the calls and the messages stopped. One day, she updated her WhatsApp status, and I saw that they went on a vision expo and took some very beautiful pictures together. That piqued my curiosity. Of course, she didn't tell me, but later in the evening, he did. There was something very peculiar about these pictures. They looked like a happy couple. That night, Martin called to tell me how Judy looks and acts just like me. Truth is, we can easily be, mis be mistaken for twins, although she is older than me and we do not share the same parents. The next two days after the picture incident, Martin called me to say that Judy visited him at his home and was in the kitchen cooking food for him and his friends. I was quite taken aback, but I said nothing. After two days, Judy called to explain what happened and I asked her if she would be happy if I did the same to her. She went on to say that she wasn't the only one cooking for Martin, that ladies from his church also cooked for him. I accused both of them of dating behind my back, but they denied it. Fast forward to three months after this incident, Martin came to my base to visit and proposed. I told him that I needed time to get to know him better. Well, he argued that I had known him for 16 years and there was nothing more to know. <laughs> Needless to say, I didn't accept the offer. Two months later, Judy called me to tell me that Martin proposed to her <laughs> and she asked him to first get consent from me what? before she could accept. My boy gonna marry somebody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Somebody. He's Pick determined. <laughs> yep. I told her that they are both adults and they can do whatever works for them. Apparently, Martin married someone else this year. However, since then, I no longer see her as a friend. She has made efforts to reconnect, but I either ignore her calls or make excuses like I'm busy. Truth is, is that she... Truth is that she was a really good friend, but I feel like she is likely to do the same. This assumption is based on the fact that when I met her back in 2013, it was apparent that she was dating a married man whose wife was pregnant. To be honest, I sometimes feel like maybe I overreacted given that the man in question is already married. I would really love to hear from you on your thoughts, on your opinions and thoughts. Thank you. 
I wouldn't be able to trust her ever again. Nah. You don't need this kind of trauma, man. No, nah, no. Nah. No, nah, I wouldn't be able to trust her either. I don't think it's fair to base that on what you knew when you were already friends with her after that and got past that. But if you don't trust her based off of the fact that she uh she kind of lied to you or at least withheld information in dating the guy you used to date, I can completely understand that. And I, I'm a firm believer that I don't think you should punish a woman for something a man does or for a man's behavior. Like, it's obviously he was in the wrong for proposing to her and then turning around and then, you know, immediately proposing to her friend. But the fact <laughs> that you just didn't immediately say, Hail to the gnaw. Right. You called her up and said, hey, your boyfriend just proposed to me. But before I accept, I wanted your blessing. That right there was the end of the friendship. <laughs> and it is never to be remedied yeah. or rectified or whatever word you want to replace there. There are some things, while sad enough, there are some things that you just can't get around as friends. That that kind of distrust, it's over. Yeah. And there's no bouncing back. That goes on your permanent record. For sure. I'll never be able to trust you again. And there's, there's no point in having a friend that you can't trust. About. I don't think we're giving Judy enough credit. Okay. She didn't get okay. engaged to the guy. She said no at some point. Do I think she's a little stupid? Yes. But, <laughs> but at the very least, she didn't marry him. In this letter, it says that he married somebody else. So, I don't know. So you're saying, go ahead. It's not that big a deal. It's a little bit of a big deal, but it's not a big, big deal. <laughs> not a deal-breaking big deal. It's not a deal-breaker. The Burt Show. I need you guys to help me with my sadness. Okay. And that means I need you guys to help me be sad. Oh, you okay. need a cry day? That's exactly what I'm talking about, Kristen. Oh, he needs a cry day. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I used to laugh at Kristen when she used to detail for me these crazy-ass cry days she used to, where she forces herself to cry, looking at herself in a mirror, waiting to cry, and then watching the tears slowly roll down her face <laughs> was, somehow, somehow, <laughs> was somehow, some way, like, very <laughs> cathartic for you. It was, it, it, it still is. And so, and Abby, I don't wipe the tears because I like to leave the trails of sadness down my face and you know how it gets a little tight after like the tears dry oh yeah it's like a free facelift yep um and so it's actually it my cry days are tactical cries because i don't want to be out in the wild and not be able to control my emotions like everything builds up and it's pent up and then all of a sudden one little small thing happens and then i have a cry somewhere where i don't need to be crying <laughs> so i purposefully would schedule uh, having a cry at home in the comforts of my own home so I had control over said cry. So this would be like on your Google calendar, like cry day no. is Tuesday the 19th or whatever. You just gotta like, you feel and okay. you know when everything's brewing <laughs> and it's about to come to a head and so you just have to intervene but you don't have anything at that moment to trigger it so you have to listen to sad music or watch a sad movie or find sad clips online that would elicit said cry and then once the floodgates are open, <laughs> you're good to go. <laughs> I wish I could do that because I have like emotional IBS. Most days I feel oh. very like emotionally constipated. Like I'm just kind of here. <laughs> and then one day out of nowhere, I'm just crying. So like yesterday I was at Orange Theory just having just like a sad day. Oh, no. And I'm laying on the ground and all of a sudden I just can't stop crying. And oh. the, like someone comes over to me. They're like, you don't have to do the exercises if you don't want to. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not that true. I'm very strong. I'm just sad. <laughs> See? And the same thing happened to me the other day, Abby. And Bert is because I didn't schedule my cry day, I was at hot yoga and I'm laying there in my shavasana and I just, I'm listening to this like slow music and I feel like this, just the tears start to trickle down my eye and I'm like, get it together, 
Cry at yoga. I have a friend that makes himself cry, and he also watches himself cry. Like yeah. you, uh-huh. do, you do that too. Yeah, yes. look yes. in the mirror and yes. watch yourself. That's what she does. I know. I used to think she was a psycho, and That's now I need it. <laughs> so let me explain why I need this. And here's what I'm asking you guys for. Based on what Kristen is saying, I need a recommendation for something that's just going to push me over the emotional edge and bring some tears and open up the floodgates. Ooh, military right. homecomings. What? Yes. I almost did it at the Ole Miss game this weekend. I kept it together because my son was there. See? <laughs> and Bert, that's why you got to schedule the cry day because you're teetering mm-hmm. and had it been just a little longer, you would have been at Ole Miss yep. boo-hooing <laughs> like a big old bitch in the stands. <laughs> I think I was in the, I was in the bitch section. Yes. <laughs> you don't know, cheer. It's just people that need their cry and they just start crying. FYI, that is a joke. I feel like all men need to be better in tune with their emotions and it's good and it's healthy to cry. So here's what I'm asking for and Kristen has done this before. Like what movie can you watch? Forget about books because quite honestly I don't read. So what book or what Netflix show is going on right now where you know, you know it's so sad that it is going to open up the floodgates on a good cry. Now, I started last night, and I almost got there. Actually, mm-hmm. it was two nights ago. Have you guys seen Lessons in Chemistry on Apple? Yeah, I read the book. No. Oh, Brie Larson, right? oh, my God! <laughs> I was so close. I was so close. And I feel like, if you weren't listening the other day, my therapist has said, you got to sit in your sadness, man, which is something I am not used to doing. I grew up in a household where my dad was like, shut up, boys don't cry, you know, uh, you don't have it so bad. So you got to like push those emotions away. So I spent a lifetime really doing that. And she says, look, you're going through a sad time right now. You just broke up with your fiance. And I had that this morning. Today was the very last day that I'm in my current home before I am moving into my new home. So this morning, I sat at at breakfast and I looked around the living room and I had all of the, the, the sort of movie of the good times that we had in that house, like Tiffany dancing with Eliza was there, which is one of my favorite moments in that house, or all of us sitting around and playing like board games or whatever. And I got really sad and I was just close. But it's a bad time because I can't come in here crying. Mm-hmm. All right, we got people to entertain. No, you always tell us, like, crying's good for the radio. It's yep. good for ratings. It's good for you guys. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, so our tears yep. are good right. for ratings, uh-huh. but yours are not. And then as I left the house this morning in my car, I literally got out in front of the house and I looked at the house all lit up. It's such a pretty house too, man. Such a bummer. Um, And I really started to get sad and then thought, I got to put this away because I need to go host a show. And I've said to you guys before, listeners don't care, man. They want to be in their car. They want to laugh. They want to have a good time with us. Yes, they care about our personal lives. But when you get in the car, look, a lot of times we have to compartmentalize this. So I gave myself all of about 20 seconds and I was super sad. I'm like, all right, put it away. But I need it. We need to unleash unleash it. We need to unleash it, We need to open Pandora's box of sadness. So what are you doing to unleash the floodgates of tears where it's impossible not to cry, okay? You know what always made my brother cry this time of year? And we used to laugh because it would come on the radio and he would just start bawling. And he, he would like beg us to turn the radio off. It's that Christmas shoe song. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, that's Sir. so bad. That's so over the top though. It's cheesy. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's so sad. It's so, do you have that somewhere in there, Tommy? I, 
I can probably can you find it. it? It's so sad that it goes the other way. For oh, me. It doesn't oh, make no. you feel sad? No, I laugh at it. <laughs> they, try, they try too hard. It tries too it hard. It tries too hard. Okay, right. so this happened to me the other day, and thank God I was in the comforts of my home, but I was scrolling through the gram, as I do, on my For You page, and I guess it felt that I needed to be sad, and this cartoon, I kid you not, it was a flipping cartoon popped up of a dog with this happy family and a little girl who's about to fall down the stairs. Okay. And the dog grabs her arm and pulls her back and saves her. But she starts crying because she was scared and she has teeth marks on her arm. So when the parents came and saw her, they thought the dog had bit her. And so they gave the dog away. <gasps> no. And again, this is a cartoon. Wow. So they gave the, and so it's the dog talking to another dog. And it, the the dog was just basically saying like, yeah, I would I would do it all over again. I don't care what they think of me. In my heart, I know I saved that little girl's life. And I'm sitting there watching this dog cartoon. Like, the family didn't know that he saved her life. And they gave her away anyway. And now he's so proud of what he's done. A video caught me the other day. And I was actually here and no one noticed it. But I had to wipe a little tear away. Is the Cowboys not scoring on that, that <laughs> last two yards that's against wrong. Philly? That's thirty. That that's low, but that's every week. That's every week. No, it was uh, it was so random. It was like a guy who was in the Olympics and he was doing weightlifting, and his wife tragically passed away in a car accident. Did you see that? Oh, oh my! And he was like, he had promised her that he was gonna go for the gold one more time before she passed, and then like he was struggling, he couldn't get it, and then this other guy came out and did it like easily. And then he was like, all right. And you could see him like just trying to push through it. And then it went to like this. Uh, a cartoon. A cartoon An of his wife like putting her hands on a bar with him. And then like they lifted it up together. And then he dropped it and he fell on it and he held the pitch up. I was like, oh. That <laughs> 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 caught me, man. It's, it's animals that, that do it for me mm-hmm. a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, good morning, Haley. You are part of the bird show. Hi. I need, I need this for cry day. So I have two movies that will undoubtedly make you cry. One is Brothers uh, with Tobey Maguire. It, oh my gosh, I used that one before okay. to get a control cry. And then My Sister's Keeper. Mm. Okay. All right. What is that one about? That one is about a little girl that was born with cancer. So they had another baby so that that baby would genetically be a match to donate her organs. And ultimately, the sick child decides that she doesn't want to live anymore. So her sister that was giving her organs does this whole plan to try to essentially let her sister die with integrity. Oh, God, I'm getting all the feels right now. Okay, that's one I'll definitely stay away from. (laughs) (laughs) That's deep. That's serious. Bart, good morning. You're part of the Burt Show. Open up my emotional floodgates, man. Yeah, man. So since you're a dog person, it has to be Marley and me. Um, and then since you have some uh, male kids, uh, it's got to be John Q or Denzel Washington. Oh, that's a good one. I, I shed a tear on John Q, too. Oh, I've seen that man. one. It's been a while. Yeah, He's trying to save his me. son's life, right? Yes. I got one for you, Bert. Okay. My life, Michael Keaton. Oh, that will rip your heart. Is out. that the one where he makes like the video yes. for his family to watch after he passes away? Yes. I remember that. Damn. What was the one back in the day too? It was kind of a romantic one, but it was really cool. Um, is it P.S. I love you? 
Yes. Yeah. And he left a bunch of letters for her. Yeah, yeah that was good. That one was good. Okay, these are great. Um, <laughs> thank you for the beaches recommendation. That's not going to do it for me. Okay. And whenever you're ready for Christmas shoes, I'm ready. <gasps> oh, okay, so this is the... <laughs> this is sad. Hey, hey, okay, hey okay, Abby, would right. you like to call your brother and have him on with us while we play this? If... <laughs> <laughs> No, he'll never forget me. Yeah. All right, so this is the song that uh, Abby here says gets her every time. I think maybe I've just heard it so many times that it doesn't have the same effect. But I think maybe the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, man, that's really sad. It gets my brother every time. Your I brother, don't care. Yeah. I'm emotionless. Okay, so this is it. It was almost Christmas time. And there I stood in another line trying to buy that last gift or two. Not really in the Christmas mood. Stone. They made a movie out of that song. I know they oh, did wow. on Hallmark. I know they look. It literally made Tristan cry. I wasn't expecting mom to be sick. I was just expecting them not to have any money. Jesus, what is wrong with people? The Bird Show. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights make it spicy. My margaritas make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you got to have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't gotta worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select, just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast. So be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby. Shady or not. Is it shady that she doesn't want to buy Christmas gifts for her brother-in-law's stepkids? I mean, at some point, you do have to draw a line on how many presents you're getting for everybody in the family. 
right? Yeah, but if it's your brother-in-law's. Brother-in-law's stepkids. So there's zero zero blood, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. my husband's brother. So her husband's brother, and it's his stepkids. So the woman he married. I mean, technically, it's your niece. It's your step-niece and nephews. Okay, let's read the email. Hey, Bert, so I could really use your advice. I'm particularly interested in what Cassie and Kristen have to say as the mothers of the group. I would like to remain anonymous to protect the innocent. LOL. So I've recently made amends with my in-laws after almost a year of not speaking. Just a bit of background. My husband's brother, my brother-in-law, and I had a falling out that involved his new wife. My husband got involved and we both stopped speaking to his brother and his brother's wife. We've recently sat down with this brother and talked things out and are now on good terms with this brother, but still have not spoken to the wife. Here's where the advice comes in. Last Christmas, we sent Christmas gifts to my nieces and nephew like we always do. This was during the time when we weren't speaking to his brother, but we didn't want to take it out on the kids naturally because we have such a great bond with them. His brother and his new bride had recently given birth to a baby girl a few months prior, but since we hadn't spoken to him throughout the pregnancy, we had had never met the baby. My initial thought was to only purchase gifts for my nieces and nephews that I had the relationships with, the kids from his previous marriage. After speaking with some friends, they told me it would be petty not to get the new baby a gift because she was still my husband's niece, even though we weren't speaking to his brother. I reluctantly bought a gift for the baby too and had all the gifts sent to my brother-in-law's house on Christmas. On Christmas Day, my husband and I received thank you texts from his brother. A few days later, my husband's mom, my mother-in-law, calls saying that they will be returning the baby's gift because we did not get his stepkids, his wife has two children from a previous relationship, gifts also. My mother-in-law explained that if we went out and bought two more gifts for the other two children, they would gladly keep the baby's gift. Of course, this really pissed me off and I <laughs> vowed to never purchase a gift for his brother and, and new wife's baby again. Obviously, this doesn't apply to my other nieces and nephews, just the child that they have together. It is important to know that they let my other nieces and nephew, my brother-in-law's kids from his previous marriage, keep their gifts. Now that we have settled things between his brother, Christmas is in a few weeks, and I want to know, is it shady to only buy gifts for my nieces and nephew from his previous marriage? I understand that they want things to be equal, but at the same time, with a blended family, things are never equal. I'm certain that my brother-in-law's stepkids are getting gifts from their dad's side of the family that the baby isn't getting. Since we still are not speaking to his wife, I really don't care to buy any of her children gifts. Christmas is expensive and they have eight children between the two of them. So I think it's unreasonable for them to expect everyone to buy gifts for all eight children. I do not know the stepkids. I don't know their likes, their interests, and have only met them once when my brother-in-law first started dating his wife. The kids are young, all under the age of five, and really won't know the difference. Should I buy gifts for all the kids or only buy for my nieces and nephews like I do every year? My husband would be fine with buying gifts for any of the kids, but I see them all the time and I know they will ask why we didn't send gifts this year. Plus, I enjoy buying them gifts and spending time with them. Any advice you can give? 
would be greatly appreciated. You talk about an amazing example of the spirit of Christmas. Here it is. <laughs> I'll be I'm going to buy with, gifts for these children, yeah. but not these children. I'll be honest with you. I am having a hard time focusing now at the end of the show, so I only caught about 45 seconds of that. So talk amongst yourself. Okay. <laughs> um, so I think it's very petty. And I think it's very shady if you buy gifts for two of the kids and not the other kids. I, I, I know it can be expensive. And I mean, the only situation that I can use for my personal life that is somewhat similar is I always, my girlfriends and we're like aunties to all of these kids and stuff like that. Um, but my thing is I send all the kids um, pajamas every year, Christmas pajamas. And my one of my friends has stepkids and they're they're a little bit older so i don't send them pajamas but i send them 15 dollar target gift cards because i don't want them to feel left out um they didn't do anything and that's not fair to them so i what you're doing is you're taking your anger for, for you're taking your anger for your mother-in-law and for your sister-in-law out on these kids and that's not fair uh, I remember being a kid in a blended family, and I was the kid that was technically the stepkid in the family. And I remember when my sisters would get gifts from my stepdad's side of the family, and I wouldn't. Mm. And I wasn't mad about it, but it, it did kind of make me feel like I wasn't a true part of the family like my sisters were. I remember always feeling like there was a separation there, and that was one of the reasons. So I think because I lived it, yeah. I don't know if I would call it shady but I don't think it's the right thing to do because the kids have nothing to do with any of that. I get the logic in it, but if you're going to get kid, uh, gifts for one or two of the kids in the household, then I think the right thing to do is to get ki- gifts for all of the kids in the household, regardless of their step or not. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. This is a ridiculous request by your brother-in-law. It is very unfair, and it is incredibly rude of them to return the baby gift. However, I'm excited for you because this is a big opportunity in your life. You have every right to feel angry and annoyed, that you're going to have to dish out more money. This is an opportunity for you to have some personal growth and take the high road and do something different. You can acknowledge that you're annoyed and angry about it, and I would agree with you, but then you can say, but can my actions make those kids feel more welcome and included in this family? Yes. Can it cost me 10 bucks, or I could get a teddy bear because you said they're all under five. Send them one gift and your act of kindness is going to help you grow as a person and it's going to help those kids feel more included. It's not about the parents. It's about your interaction with some kids in a new environment and in a blended family and what you can do to make them feel more at home. And I think that is a beautiful thing. And this is a great opportunity for you. It's what Jesus wants you to do. Yeah. And, you know, it is his birthday after all. Yep, facts. And Santa would want you to do it too. Okay. Both, <laughs> Both Santa and Jesus are down with kindness. Uh, they got a group text together. They're like, hey, <laughs> Don't be an a-hole this Christmas. <laughs> the Bird Show. The Bird Show. All right, it is Tuesday, so it is time for Kristen's Stupid Bit of the Week. Who's ready to play a little bit of Goop? Price is right. Goop. Okay, did she come out with all of her new items for Christmas? Yes! The Goop Holiday Gift Guide is here. If you don't know what Goop is, um, Gwyneth Paltrow started like a, a wellness website and um, it. she also, it's just, it's expanded and she does a holiday gift guide, much like what Oprah's done for many, many years. Oprah's favorite things, okay? So tie these two things into me, for me together because Gwyneth Paltrow says 
this is a health and wellness, yet one of her best-selling items was the candle that smelled allegedly like her junk. I think it started as health and wellness and like skincare and stuff like that, and now it's expanded to all areas. It's expanded yeah. to home decor. It's expanded. It's expanded to clothing. Like she just she does a gift guide of all. These are basically her favorite things, but it's just called the Goop Holiday Gift Guide. Got it. Okay. Now, to be fair. I'm, I'm going to be kind here. There are things on this list that are under $100, but those things aren't fun to guess. She has different categories, she, you know, for her holiday gift guide. There's for him, for her, there's culinary, there's all, there's the... There are two major categories, one for broke-ass people, <laughs> and the other one is for people like me, is what she's trying to say. <laughs> but there is one category that is called the ridiculous but awesome gift guide, and that's where I've pulled these items for you to play prices right. Okay. All right. So, the first item for you to bid on the Large Paveo era bracelet. Inspired by modernist sculpture, this chunky bracelet curves comfortably around the wrist, creating a unique shape that's somewhere between oval and teardrop. Like all Tabayer pieces, it's handcrafted in Italy from fair mined gold, which is responsibly sourced from artisanal and small scale mining communities and conflict free diamonds compliant with the Kimberley process. Mm. Mm. All right. How much does a chunky bracelet cost? <laughs> Crafted in Italy, you say? It is. Mm, from conflict-free miners. Uh -huh. Can't be anything less than $3,500. Okay. I'm going a little higher. Okay. I'm throwing bad at this. Um, $15,000. Okay. I'll go somewhere in the middle there. Ten grand. Cassie? $12,500, Bob. The average retail price of the large Pave Oera bracelet is... $29,400. Give it a mouth. Come on, give it to me. Let me ask you guys a question. What is the most expensive piece of jewelry you guys have? My engagement ring. Outside of that? My earrings. I have a, I have a pair of diamond stud earrings my husband got me as a push present. How much do those cost? Something like? My husband bought them. I don't know. Probably a pair of earrings as well. Yeah? Yeah. Thousands? No, I don't Hun think hundreds. so. Hundreds. Upper hundreds, probably. One of my chains is, is up there. How much? It's up there. <laughs> really? It ain't twenty nine thousand. Yeah, nine. Like that ain't that much. Like past ten thousand dollars? Around there. What? what? Yeah. What? Uh, How about you, Abby? Uh, I have one bracelet that's one hundred and fifty dollars. Everything else is from Amazon. Yeah, I. That's not my currency, so I would guess this Apple Watch. <laughs> I don't wear jewelry and I just don't spend you, money on it. You have a watch that's more expensive than that that we all bought for you for the 15th anniversary of the bird show. Oh, is that right? I, I think I turned around and I sold that. You probably did. <laughs> you put the picture of Kaylee But you got rid of the watch. I, I, I couldn't buy something for $10,000 and wear it. I just wouldn't. I, I, it, yeah. Make it's like, the, yeah, it's my prize possession. Yeah. All right, so the next item for you to bid on in the Goop holiday gift guide price is right. The Inez 24 karat gold G-Spot vibrator. Oh, hi. <laughs> okay. Hello. Is it fair trade gold? It's something to make a super sleek vibrator even more sexy. It's 24 karat gold, right? Hmm. This sculpted toy is shaped just right for blank and blank stimulation. Under that gleaming gold, it's made with stainless steel body. Uh, it's made with a stainless steel body that gives it a super satisfying weight. And like other toys, it has an impressively powerful rumbly motor. Even if it weren't gold, it's on our top spot. All right, and I know what you're going to ask. Where's the G-spot? No. <laughs> <laughs> 6.8 inches. 
Uh-huh. Oh, I wasn't going to okay. ask that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but again, 24 karat gold. Huh. Abby, uh. I'm going to give it a thousand for every inch. So we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll do, why not do 68,000? 68,000? Mm, yeah, or 6,800. We'll, okay. we'll take what, a zero. What's it going to be? We'll do 6,800. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Better be worth it, though. All right, Mo? Um, yeah. Mm, 8,500. Cassie? I'm going to go 800. Yeah. Uh, I'll go 1500. The word artisan wasn't included in the description, <laughs> so it's cheap. The Inez 24 karat gold G Spot vibrator is 15,000. Give it to Mo! Come on. Y'all don't know how to be rich. <laughs> I mean, do you really need that precious a metal down there? It's antimicrobial. Oh. Um, so I it's ha- clean? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have more that are even way more expensive. Okay, we're not done with that. Okay. Hey, The Bird Show. All right, so let's circle back here and get some closure from the weekend because she was really nervous. She was going to have to make a choice here. She's trying to protect her marriage, but it might cost her her job. Yeah, she was so deep into it that she actually wants to go to her boss and ask to be transferred to a different department because she is attracted to her coworker. She's married, but she admits that her marriage is going through rough times and she's trying to keep it together. And a coworker of hers who was very attractive has also been a good friend to her for the past couple of months. So she's starting to realize that she's developing feelings for him and that temptation is becoming a little bit too much. So she was thinking about going to the boss and asking if she could transfer to a different position where she can work from a different building or maybe even work remotely to get far away from this gorgeous man that she is struggling to contain herself around. All right, so the follow-up is, thanks for talking to me on Friday and giving me all your different perspectives. You were all split in your opinions, so I wasn't sure what to do. I listened multiple times to the segment after you posted it to your podcast so I can hear and process all your opinions. Before I hung up with you, Bert and Kristen both said to ask for the transfer. Cassie and Mo said not to since the issue is more with my marriage. Abby made a joke, so I'm not sure what side she was on. <laughs> Classic me. <laughs> since the advice was split, I decided to weigh each person's advice based on their own experience. Well, this is about to get personal. Mm-hmm. Kristen, you are married and seem to have a strong marriage. Cassie is also married and seems to have a strong marriage. But since you both gave opposite opinions and have similar relevant experience, you have canceled each other out. <laughs> So it comes down to Bert and Mo. Oh, we just was left, huh? <laughs> okay. I, I like that she at least took us first. All right, Bert, you've been married and also divorced. So I feel like you have a strong perspective on the difficulty of marriage and maybe some hindsight from having gone through a divorce. Mo, I value pr- your perspective a lot. However, in this situation with conflicting opinions, I think I'm going to take Bert's advice and do whatever necessary to protect my marriage. I came to the decision too late on Friday. Therefore, I plan to speak to my boss today. Thank you so much for your help in talking me through it. So I love how you and I had the same advice. However, she's taking yours. I have more. <laughs> yeah. I have more credibility than yes, you because you I got divorced. Because yep. <laughs> I had one failed marriage behind Guess me. Guess what? I'm going to let you have that. <laughs> I will. Yay! I'll take all the life's little wins right now. It's all you, boo. Like, I'll say the same thing I said on uh, Friday. I think it's the most precious thing in your life is your marriage and your kids. And you got to do whatever you have to do. And whatever that looks like, you don't need a definition by anybody else's marriage. Whatever that looks like, you got to do. I mean, you you made a commitment to each other, right? So if you feel like there's any kind of insecurity in that commitment, I think you got to do what you got to do. And I think this is the right call. 
Yeah. I mean, I think this is a good move on your part. And I think some people will see it as taking it too far. But I think you're really making the right decision to value the people in your life rather than um, the people that are not in your life, even though I made the joke that you should hook up with them anyway. <laughs> but I think this is the right call. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you do have to do what you got to do at the end of the day. I would be lying if I didn't say I feel like this is the easy way out. And it's it's really, I mean, it's attractive people everywhere. So I feel like you'll continue to run into this problem unless you actually address what the root of the issue is, which to me comes down to you just being an adult and be able to be loyal to your partner. So you think this is easy, but I actually think this is hard. I think they're both hard and you have to choose your heart here. So either you choose um, to stay and deal with the hot coworker invading your brain or you do a transfer and have to like go somewhere different and you know really solidly work on your marriage i think stakes are too high to have that kind of temptation right next to you every day i think yeah stakes are just too high to challenge yourself in that area (laughs) because if you fail you lose your husband yes Mm. yeah i mean i see your point i do get it i just i guess i I see your point too as far as like there's Hot people everywhere. Yeah. Uh, well, depending on what part of the country you live in. There's not. Pittsburgh, for instance. I've been to Pittsburgh. None, dude. To be fair, while there's hot people everywhere, I think there's definitely a difference when you're working with someone constantly and you're ha- you're having water cooler chat and you're working on projects together and accomplishing things together. I think that builds a different level of like emotional intimacy to where I could see how it would blur the lines if you already find them attractive. Whereas, like, if you just go to Target and you see some hottie behind the cash register, you know, you're going to see them look at them and go, you are a hot person and then move on with your life. If you see somebody every day that you're working with much, much harder. Yeah. Cause you literally are having interaction and right. It's such a different thing than just seeing if you were falling in love with everybody you saw that was hot, then I would agree with you, but this is an intimate situation. But how are you able to cope and deal with all these hotties you have to work with? (laughs) (laughs) Because they're on other shows. (laughs) (laughs) The man knew what he was doing (laughs) So I think we solved this Look, if you're having any kind of problem at work Or somebody you're attracted to Just ask for a transfer to Pittsburgh (laughs) Run away (laughs) Just run away I think we figured it out Flee all your problems and you will be a happy person the Bird Show. All right, so Cassie and Abby was a couple of weeks ago. You brought this great idea to the table for all the nerds. Nerds. <laughs> We're not nerds. For all the people who like watching cleaning videos on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, launched or relaunched our book club, the Bird Show Book Club, and we are at almost a thousand members Come in on. our book club. There are, thousands, uh-huh. there are a thousand people in this listening audience that read. Yeah, well, especially when it's Fourth <laughs> Wing and Iron Flame, which is what we're reading. Hey, yo. Good <laughs> what the hell was that? It's that? spicy. Say that. Yeah. They're, they're not nerds, Bert. They're horny nerds. Yeah. <laughs> There's a difference. Yeah. yeah, a lot of husbands are getting laid this week and they have no idea why. And it's because of their wives' dragon books. But we literally, we have members from Georgia, Minnesota, Idaho, Kentucky, Tennessee, South Carolina, California, all over the U.S. We also have members from Canada. Australia and Brazil who are joining. So you do not have to be local. We will meet in person late January. So we are reading Fourth Wing and Iron Flame, which are two hot books that are out. Iron Flame just dropped 
You have all of November and December. We'll meet up late January. But if you're not local, we'll all discuss it in the Facebook group. And you can find um, you can find the link to that on our socials. And again, I do feel a need to give kind of a disclaimer. These are like horny chick books. Yes, right? this is 18 and up. There is a plot. It's a plot, but there is <laughs> yeah. spice. Yeah, is there's a lot it. of plots online and a lot of videos I watch. They're just, <laughs> oh. They all end up in the same area. This is a good <laughs> plot. It's very readable. It's fantasy, but it's not like Lord of the Rings. It's, it's more readable. And uh, 18 and up. Only Cassie and Abby, I have an idea. I thought about this because you have so many people in this group, and if you do it like on Zoom or whatever, I bet you can get the author to be part of it. Oh, damn, Rebecca Yaros, what's up? That? I bet you can. That would be cool. Oh my gosh, we should do that with all the authors. Well, if she's not in the middle of writing her next in her WAP series, then (laughs) (laughs) WAP number five. (laughs) Wad, wet ass dragons. (laughs) So much better than Mama number five, by the way. Absolutely. So you are still taking people onto the book? Oh my gosh, any and everyone join, and we're gonna jump around different genres as we go on. But we hope to do this every couple of months. Cool. All right. So, uh, are you having a tough time getting motivated this morning? Like maybe you can't get out of bed. having a really difficult time just starting your day. So the shoe company Asics has put together a song that they swear will put you in a better mood and immediately give you some motivation to get out of bed. And they did some science behind it also. They took 40,000 submissions from all sorts of people just kind of sharing what inspired them to get active. Then they hire a writer and they hire a producer also. They create this instrumental track to play behind the poem. And it's at a frequency that's supposed to help produce endorphins when you hear it. So you're about to pop right out of bed. Okay. 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 This is the poem that they say is the perfect poem to put you in a good mood and motivate you to start your day. Okay? It can feel gloomy in here. The overwhelm, the sleepy sludge. Fighting off the thought of just for a day giving up. Screaming, give me a break. Why can't waking up be enough? Breaking up with faking thoughts of everything is fine, thanks. Because it's not. Being human is tough. I need time to show myself some love. I want to shake my body until it releases tiny voices that sing songs my head can shake off. I want to bathe in the commotion. I want to become the very notion of a transformation. I am every ounce, stretch and bounce of feeling. I am the crowd of my mind's elation. Showing myself with every minute that what I never thought possible, even this morning, will keep on shifting. With the bass thump of my heart, with the pace of my feet, all of this meets in my mind. Nothing feels better than this brilliance, than this healthy, empowered, committed moment. Anything? Um, I mean, it was nice. <laughs> they didn't do it for me. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't as different. energizing as I thought it was going to yeah. be. Yeah. 
I mean, uh, I, her accent was nice. It was. Yeah, I'm going to pass, dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're moving on to Hollywood. Did, did none yeah. of us turn our red chairs around? Nobody. Nah. nah I'd rather listen to a Pitbull song. <laughs> so this is supposed to do what? It's supposed to, like, motivate you, get you out of bed. Just hearing, like, the Hertz frequency is supposed to nah, man. Know, produce endorphins that make you feel like starting your day. I hit snooze again. What about I you? Think I'm, <laughs> I'm a lot less motivated than when it started. Yeah, I'm with you. I think part of it was the accent. Yeah, Maybe but if it was an American accent. Yeah, I got mm. nothing on this one. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Buy yourself some new balances because ASICs don't know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? The Bird Show. All right, so there are a couple of needs here, right? You got uh, one person that uh, has pretty dirty house, and her friend doesn't have a job. So is it awkward to go, hey, you know what? I know we're friends and all, but how you feel about cleaning my house? That's the email that we got this morning. Hi, Bird Show. Found you guys on Facebook and have been listening ever since. Thanks for keeping it real with your family meetings. Life is hard. Hope everyone on the show is doing better. My boyfriend and I are a couple of years out of college and doing pretty well financially. We make a sizable income and have a beautiful home. Many of our friends are not as fortunate, or should I say as established as we are yet. Between the economy and less career ambition, there is a clear financial divide. We do activities within our friends' budgets and save expensive meals or events for just the two of us. A problem is that we have a housekeeper who comes every month. But she's moving and no longer able to clean our home. My boyfriend wants to offer the job to two of our friends who have the time to clean and could really use the extra money. It'd be one thing if one of our friends cleaned homes for a living, but no, mm. neither one of them does this for a living. It would be a side hustle for extra cash. Will our friends be offended if we even make this offer? Not that there's anything wrong with cleaning houses. It's a respectable job, but it will seem like a pity offer and make them feel worse rather than better. Also, do we really want friends going through our things? My boyfriend thinks it's a win-win, but I think this has the potential to cause so many problems and it's not worth it. Yeah, it's a tough one to answer uh, without offending people that clean homes, <laughs> right? Um, man, I, I feel like I need more info on it. Like, how desperate is the family? Because you got babies, man, and you don't know how to feed them. You're taking any offer in at all, right? Well, they're just out of college. So we're going to assume that, and this is boyfriend, girlfriend. So we're going to assume these people are in their early 20s. They're not married and there's no kids involved, okay? That, that's the, that's the, the assumption I'm going to make. And then um, let's just go ahead and take house cleaning, house cleaning out of it. Take any side job that you need done at your home, period. And you approach a friend who has not asked you for money, who has not complained about um, their finances and say, hey, do you want this for extra cash? I can see how, depending on the person, it could be taken as a pity offer and make them feel worse about their situation. I'm I'm not asking my friends this. Mm -mm. I don't think I could bring myself to do it. If anything, what I would do is when we're around, I would just have casual conversation about it and just bring up that my cleaner is moving. Now I got to find another cleaner. I'm desperate. I got to find somebody quick. And I feel like in that situation, if it's something that they're even remotely interested in, they'd say, I'll do it. If I don't get that, then I'm not initiating this conversation. I think it would offend someone. 
Yeah, employing your friends in any scenario, I think is just an absolute recipe for disaster. I mean, take out whatever the job is, having to be like your quote unquote friend's boss for, you know, whether it's a side hustle or it's like an actual job. I just think mixing those two things is never going to end well. And I do think there is like a stigma around like the actual job to where if they really are struggling financially, I do think they will perceive it even though that's not the reality they will perceive it as a pity offer all right well it's happened here katie if you don't mind will you please grab a mic because i asked katie if she wanted to house it and watch my dogs for extra cash were you offended no not at all okay but there is i mean let's be honest there is a difference here so um your husband is a former contractor before he became a house husband right he does a great job on that Uh so stay at home dad Stay at home, dad. So if I were to ask him to do something under his experience to come on in, cut something, add something, that's one thing. But asking somebody, I don't know, man, to like clean my toilets as a friend Uh just feels very, very different to me. Yeah, because you're asking them to clean up your filth, essentially, you know, and there is a stigma around it. And actually, I find cleaners are very highly skilled and mm-hmm. properly cleaning a house is really difficult, especially like the techniques. I, I'm on clean TikTok way too much and I follow <laughs> professional cleaners and it is fascinating what they do. You're but then, wild. You are wild. I know. <laughs> My husband's like, damn, girl, slow down. Slow down. It's only one life. Let's right. go. But at the same time, it's there is something about being, yeah, asking your friend to clean your toilets and clean up after your mess. It, mm-hmm. it feels, even though it shouldn't, there's that stigma there and it just feels almost like you're beneath them. You know what I mean? But even though I don't, I would never feel that way about a professional that I hired to clean my house. Sure. It's, it's a job and it's a trade. It's different when it's personal. I think Moe's nailed it. Like, you bring up your problem and if they volunteer, now we've got a match. But mm-hmm. if they don't bring it up, then I think I totally stay clear from it. Yeah, I stay away from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, it's The Bird Show.